millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you struggle with self-promotion? And your specialist subject is? I wouldn't call myself a specialist. Selling myself short. Are you conflicted about the role social media plays in your life? I go on, I scroll through and then I'll see something and it triggers something within me. Like Even if it's a sponsored advert that says, have you written your will? And I'm like, oh, I didn't want to contemplate my own death. I just wanted to look at somebody's photographs. And it's, it's that kind of thing. Are you excited about getting older? I'm also looking forward to senior citizens discount. Oh my goodness, I'm going to rinse that. Or absolutely terrified. You're scared of purgatory. Yes, I am. <laughs> scared of purgatory. Well, let's get existential. Yes. <laughs> Do you ever have pop stars camping out in your subconscious? Most nights, or at least once a week, I would have Wired for Sound by Cliff Richard going around my head. <laughs> and he was on roller skates. You've got Cliff Richard roller skating around your brain at all times. A fun fairs, not as much fun as they used to be. After the initial, oh my goodness, this is incredibly high and fast, and oh, what fun, the nausea set in. And uh, it's exactly 17 hours since I went on that ride, and I still feel sick. <gasps> if you answered yes to any of these questions, thank goodness it's not just us. Limited Time Only is the podcast for anyone who feels there aren't enough hours in their life. In each episode, through a mix of chat, comedy sketches and interviews with interesting people, we dissect the human condition, just using a rubber chicken rather than a scalpel. I'm Esther. And I'm Susie. And, and this, this is Limited, Limited Time, Time Only. Starts on Thursday the 10th of June. Available on all major podcast apps. And at www.limitedtimeonlypodcast.com Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at Limited Time Only Podcast. Or on Twitter at Limited Time Pod. Limited Time Only. A pick me up in podcast form. I'm not getting paid for this, you know. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers.
This is Dumpy Dum, the show about reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Ed's textile sheep, otherwise known as Royfield Brown. And with me, I have Jennifer's Jacob Sheep, otherwise known as Philippa Hall. And the last part of the flock of sheep, folks, is you, our lovely listeners. This week's Dumpy Dum comes all the way from Poland. It's Richard and his swanee. Wasn't that most awesome? <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Made me laugh. Utterly fantastic, Richard. Keep it up, sir. Now, uh, we need you to write us a review on iTunes. Uh, and we'd like to thank AJ Loves Sheep for the wonderful review, which uh, they posted for us on iTunes in the last seven days. So thank you, AJ. Why don't you join AJ by going onto iTunes and writing us a review? Philippa, how are you today? I'm well, although continuing the theme of sheep, I've had a tricky sheep situation. A sheep attacked my dog. Can you believe that? I've never heard of that before. We had a a psychotic sheep up the valley and my dog was minding its own business on the lead, not near any sheep, just looking at the stream and a sheep ran and headbutted it. So, yes, very traumatic. So this was like a ram sheep, not a sheep sheep? No, no, it didn't have horns, but it was just... It looked a bit strange and I thought, are you going after us? So I was trying to run away <laughs> with the dog and the sheep followed us and yes, hurt the poor dog. So not a fan of the old uh, of the old sheep. I may have to stop being vegetarian, I think, and start eating lamb or something. But never mind. <laughs> what what <laughs> but, type of dog do you have? Is it some little chihuahua or something like that? Why yeah. a, a sheep would just take it upon itself to ram your, your I have. My doggy is a King Charles Cavalier, so she's descended from royalty, don't you know? And uh, yeah, she quite liked being scooped up and carried and decided that she she should be carried for the rest of the two and a half mile walk home, which yeah, I was a little exhausted after that, but uh, but never mind. But anyway, you've been celebrating Royfield. Ella's 18. How exciting. Yes, we had a big family Zoom. There were Browns from Birmingham, from... Uh, bits of London, for, uh, there were Astrums from Canada. You know, we all got together through the uh, electronic uh, forum that is uh, Zoom. And uh, we sang a happy birthday. We played uh, a little slideshow video. And Aww. also uh, we had a, a family quiz. It was uh, how much do you know about Canada, England and Jamaica? And uh, <laughs> yes, Lots of fun and hilarity ensued when you heard people saying, I think the answer is Kingston. That's the capital of Jamaica. And like, we we can all hear you whisper, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, it was lots of fun. Lots of fun. Uh, My little girl is now a young woman. It's official. But Philippa, what did you think of the week in Ambridge? Well, it was all written by the wonderful Kerry Davis, of course. And I really enjoyed that, having the continuity of of episodes maybe it would be nice if writers could have a a whole week to themselves in future i think i mean when fallon and harris and harrison um opened it up opened this week up with you know swimming in the perch and emma had to say the river 
<laughs> just thought well, this is going to be a very strange week. But actually, no, it was a week of compare and contrast. We had Ed's view on addiction and Peggy's and Fallon's with Neil being very understanding. Brian was excruciating. Jennifer's voice got higher and higher. So frankly, just a, a normal week in Ambridge. What what did you think of the week, Royfield? Mm, mm, I don't know. <laughs> This is also be polite and diplomatic to say on this week's episode we have views from Ali, Glyn, Witherspoon, Christy, Isabel, Sue, and Laura. Now, uh, our Philippa, if someone would like to send us in a dum de dum or a call, how can that be done? If you would like to sing or play as a dum de dum or send us your views on the week or give us a plot prediction, then leave us a message on SpeakPipe, which you can find on the dumdydum.com website. Or you can use WhatsApp, leaving a voice note or text message to 07957 167696, which is plus 44 7957 167696 if you're from outside the UK. Or please make sure the message is no more than two minutes long. And if you would prefer to email your thoughts and predictions, go to the contact us section of the website and fill in the form. So I'll tell you what you should do, our Philippa. Should you just like crack on with the meat and potatoes of the show? Before we do, though, we just do need to say a very special happy birthday. We need to say a very special yes to the wonderful June Spencer, who plays Peggy, 102. Yes, happy, happy birthday, 102. That is amazing. Hello, Ambridge 3962. First off, we have Christine. Hello. This is formerly Sighting Christine calling in. I've called in a few times in the past, mainly when we were searching around the world a few years ago. I just wanted to phone and say how much I loved Alice's takedown of Brian. He carries on as though he's been so great all the time, and I just thought she summed it up perfectly when she said, I'm rotten, I'm selfish, I lie, I drink a lot, I'm just like you. Couldn't have summed it up more, and I hope it makes him think about what he's done to people over the years and really reflect on himself. But no, Brian, I doubt it very much. Say, so I really enjoyed last week. And thank you all very much at Dungey Dum Towers. Really loving the new show and the way you all present it. Thanks very much and goodbye. Oh, Christine, thank you so much. That's wonderful. Um, yes, oh, the the takedown of Brian by Alice. It really made me stop when Alice Alice um, launched into into Brian. It was uh, quite something to listen to. Will it make him stop and think? I agree with you, Christine. I'm not sure it, it will. It, and it showed me that Alice is a particular type of drunk that that I didn't think was 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 usual. But it's just it's educating me. This sort of very angry bitter resentful drunk and actually that she quite enjoys being drunk and that's the impression that she gives that that at that stage she wasn't ready to think about stopping drinking that that was that was part of her and that's why I'm not sure that she's really going to go to rehab but I'm sure we'll we'll cover that later on in in this episode and we saw a very angry Brian this week didn't we you know Fallon you're going to the pub with Fallon and it was awful to Neil and Jazza. If you spend less time talking, you might be more on the ball. I mean, my goodness. Roy Phil, did, did 
did you like Alice's takedown of Brian? Do you do you think he's taken it to heart? He will. He will have taken it to heart. But whether he displays um, that to Jennifer immediately or to the family is is another matter completely. Mm. Um, Alice has always been his special uh, child vis-a-vis his children that he has with Jennifer. He has a special relationship with uh, Debbie. He um, Alice. Um, he has a special relationship with, but then Rory is the son that he always wanted. Um, so this has got to hurt. It's absolutely got to hurt. But whether he will, as I said, whether he will uh, sit down with Jennifer and say, bloody hell, she, she knifed me in the guts there. I mm. very much doubt it. But there will come a point, whether it's uh, one month, two months, three months, where he sits down and he reflects on this. And we will hear that. Alice has got an illness. She has an addiction to alcohol. That addiction isn't caused by Brian's infidelity. This is a neurochemical whatever thing. Okay. Um, Her childhood has been some level of a trigger. And then she, she seeks solace from her feelings of inadequacy through drink. So we need to be slight, slightly careful that this is something, this is a condition that she has a, a disposition towards. However, probably there are kind of various triggers uh, of which then, uh, as a way of reacting to them, uh, she seeks solace in drink. I think that's a fair way of looking at it. Yes, we've heard her drinking throughout many years, but the birth was was a difficult birth for her. It wasn't what she was expecting. It was out of her control. And that certainly seemed to push her forward, make her drink much more than, than we've heard before. We've not heard this. Well, I suppose we've heard a bit of Alice before um, pushed to that level, but not as much and not as frequent. And the, the birth can do that. You know, I've talked before about this maternal OCD that can be triggered. And I'm not saying that that is the sole reason that she's drinking, but giving birth can really mess with mess with your mind as well as your body um you know i i can vouch for that and it, it's it's certainly not helped her cope with what is a significant drinking problem it does seem to have made it even worse and her perception of herself and because she sees herself as a failed mother it's sort of perpetuating the problem. I do feel that that's had a had an impact, and that's why she needs professional help. Absolutely, and the fact that her loved ones are only coming round to that idea now kind of beggars belief. Really, um, this has been acute uh, for quite some time. Um, I do think it was instructive. Um, was it Ed? Um, I can't remember who Ed was speaking to at the start of the week, but he was saying, you know, you know, crumbs type of thing. Um, she's kind of an alcoholic but she kind of has it all you know yes with jennifer he was talking yeah Yeah. for those of us that don't have this affliction or don't have addictive personalities and then you see someone who comes from relative privilege you know who has apparently a stable background you know you do look at them going you know pull you know you do think on one level pull yourself together type of thing yes but i just Um, that made me cross that bit no, no. Well, of course, of course, and and, and that's the, and that's the point because it's much more insidious than that. You know, it, it, this is not to do with relative affluence and and how cushy your life is. We still are struck by um, 
mental anguish. We can be, it doesn't matter how middle class your background has actually been. However, mm. for people who come from, let's say, poorer means who have had to struggle, then they see somebody who has had life in, you know, financially a little bit easier instinctively reflexively you go bloody hell just pull yourself together you've had things easy but that but it's much more complicated than that and yeah, it's one yeah. of the yeah and it's one of the reasons why uh, mental health is just so so much of a Gordian knot it's not just a case of um, you know having a stiff upper lip we're, we're we're complex creatures as human beings feelings of inadequacy or dependency can strike us regardless of our economic status really so but anyway uh so that was christine uh thank you for your call christine and all and mm-hmm. you know i did love now you know we've done, i've tried to do my pop psychology now we have a real physiotherapist it's with a spoon he's going to give us the real skinny on the last mm-hmm. week in ambridge hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's with a spoon and Angus Haggis here. I enjoyed this past week as several Ambridge residents weighed in with their opinions about Alice. And it all ended, we hope, with some movement toward treatment. As the school year is ending on this side of the pond, I'll take this opportunity to grade those we heard from. First, some of our low grades. Brian gets a D minus for obvious reasons. He who was so quick to jump to conclusions and judge others. I only gave him a passing grade because he learned about what rehab is and his efforts to get Alice to agree to go. But Jenny deserves most of that credit. I also give D's to Ed and Jazzer. Ed was awfully defensive when Jenny wanted to talk with him and was very critical of Alice, even though he had his own substance abuse issues. There's a lot to unpack there about his shame. And Jazzer, our own village drug and underage alcohol dealer calling Alice an alky, didn't sit right with me. I'll give Chris a C. He's a good dad and has been through a lot with Alice, but has given up on her. Maybe that will change. Peggy gets a C minus. She was clearly traumatized by her first Jack's alcoholism, but this has led her to give up on her granddaughter too quickly. Also a lot to unpack there. It also looks like all three of her children may stop talking to her. Now for some good grades. Harrison gets a B, well, for being Harrison-like. Fallon gets an A for her empathy, understanding that alcoholism is an illness, and advice to others. Jenny gets an A-. minus. She can still be a little condescending, but the Boudicca of Borsetshire sure knows how to fight for her daughter's health and safety. And finally, Alice's grade is an incomplete. We'll see if she makes it to rehab and how she does. Talk to you soon. Oh, Witherspoon, that was superb. Wow, the grade system. Absolutely love it. Just a bit worried about what my grade would be, so I'm not even going to ask about that. I'd forgotten that Jazza had taken drugs. Yes, he and Ed, um, they grew cannabis in Tony's barn loft, if I remember. And didn't Jazza take ketamine and end up in hospital? Oh, good grief. But then uh, I suppose Jazza sees um, alcoholism, with a, where there's a child involved, as a completely separate a matter he's just judging it on his own experience and we saw a lot of that th- this week in in different ways i mean the, the different conclusions ed was you can beat it you can turn your life around with the right support and the right people with you peggy's v- version was just forget it you, you can't change 
Um, so again, everyone with their different views. Brilliant. More of that, please. Thank you. Um, I tell you what I want more of. Right. Go on. I, I was utterly touched uh, in, the, in the last week. Two things utterly touched me. One's been um, a long time coming, but the other one did just come up and mug me. Us again. For those of you that have Disney Plus, one of the glorious things about, about Disney isn't just all the Marvel movies that are on there, but um, they do these little animated shorts. And do you remember the film Up? Now, I have to admit, I have never watched it to my shame. Oh, my gosh. Right. I know. It's one of the best bits of animation. And I defy anybody to watch the sequence where the old gentleman uh, reflects on his life with his wife who has passed. And you just feel emotional. It's a cartoon, mm. it's animation, and it's so human, it's so 3D, it just touches you, and it goes, and he just remembers, and this wonderful montage of how he met his wife, and how they moved into the first ha- house together, and, and, and at the end, if you don't cry, you well up, um, it's wonderful, it's one of the, it's one of the best bits of cinema ever, and it doesn't matter whether you watch it in the cinema or you watch it on tv that montage is one of the best bits of cinema in the whole history of cinema it's amazing now us again doesn't quite hit those highs in terms of emotional resonance but it's this lovely elderly couple and it's raining outside and he's sat in his old man's chair and his wife comes in and basically says hey come on get up out the chair he goes no I just want to sit in my old man's chair and watch whatever's on TV. And it's raining outside. And somehow, and she she opens the window to get some fresh air in. And he goes to close the window. And a bit of rain uh, kind of like hits him. And he becomes young again. And it's all mm. just, there is no, there's no uh, vocal. There's no script. It's all just done through dance. And he becomes young again. And he starts dancing. He grabs his wife and she becomes young again. Holy camoly, right? They're just yeah. dancing through New York. It is so wonderful. And then as the rain stops, he gets old again and he just wants to dance in the rain. And his wife is much more like, well, you know, she doesn't mind, you know, being a little bit older, but he just wants to recapture his youth. It is beautiful. And as they're yeah. dancing as young people, you see their reflection as old people in the puddles. At the end of it, when he comes to terms with the rain has stopped and he's old again holy camoly i'm 52 right and i just felt so emotional please everybody watch us again it's only (laughs) about eight minutes long five minutes long it's as long as a a piece of music but it's this wonderful jazz score and it just and we just see ourselves there you know if you're over the Mm -hmm. first blush of youth let's say 30 plus you know, you, these are touching on on themes. You, you know, you're getting older. You can't quite break dance the way that you used to. Uh, mm. and, but it's also about accepting the, the passage of years. And it's just wonderful. Please watch it. Please, for the love of all things holy, please watch it. It'll make you just feel so much better. And then talking about making you feel so much better. Kim's Convenience. Do you watch that? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm failing you. All right. Well, I don't know what channel plays Kim's Convenience in the UK. It might be Sky Atlantic or something or other, but go Google it, it, people in the UK. So it's set in Toronto. 
It's the Kim family and they own this convenience store, grocery store in real English. And it is the most heartwarming comedy with Appa and Uma, uh, the mum and dad, and with their daughter and then with their son, who's somewhat kind of estranged and the customers that come in. If you wanted to see life affirming comedy, which is just gentle but thoughtful, um, just because it's gentle doesn't mean that it's, um, you know, nonsense. It paints this tableau of Toronto as being this multicultural uh, melting pot with diversity of every stripe, but then doesn't mention it. You know, it doesn't, it's not ramming anything down your throat. Here is this family from Korea and the dad has this thing about the Japanese. Do you know when uh, Korea come independent? 1945 from Japanese oppression. And he doesn't like Japanese cars, right? It's just utterly wonderful. Um, the the gay character that kind of comes into the shop, the, oh, just yeah, please watch Kim Kim's Convenience. There's five seasons of it. Again, like us again, you'll walk out of it saying, I feel better. If you're feeling down, watch it. If you're feeling happy, watch it. It can't help but be a benefit and a plus to your life. Kim's convenience. You'll all thank me, right? I will get emails (laughs) by the bucket load next week. People saying, where has this been all of my life? It is the most beautiful sitcom with the most wonderful um husband and wife team at the heart of it and then with their son and daughter and a whole kind of uh, melange of characters set in downtown Toronto Kim's convenience you heard it here first uh, so that's me um, talking off the cuff about things you should be doing and watching other than of course uh, the archers now uh, we go to Laura now Laura called in um, really last week, but she just missed the cut. So um, if it sounds like she's not really talking about the last week in Ambridge, it's because she's not. Hello, everyone. It's Laura here from Newcastle. I'm a second time caller in although admittedly the first time a caller in was quite a long time ago. So hello, everyone. And the reason I'm leaving this message is to say a big hooray for the men of Ambridge, because I think in we- recent weeks, there's been a fantastic... Um, diversity to how masculinity is portrayed in Ambridge. Firstly, I want to give Lee some love, and I don't think this happens very often, not often enough. Lee is, in my opinion, a lovely, lovely man, and I don't think that that should be shamed. He's got a hobby that he's passionate about and that he wants to talk about, and he wants to demonstrate by some of the things he buys and puts in his house, and that's fine. It's wonderful, in fact. He's also not frightened to share his internal world and share his vulnerabilities by asking for help. And all of these things, I think, are things that should be celebrated. He's warm and he's kind. And I think these are all really positive things. So hooray for Lee. And I don't care that he's rubbish at putting up shelves. I think this is just completely acceptable. Secondly, I want to say hooray for Rory. I think Rory is really mature and has dealt with some really, really difficult things in the last few weeks. Firstly, his conversation with Alice, I thought was really sensitive and empathetic. And he shared his own vulnerabilities about his feelings about his mum. And I thought that was lovely to listen to. The way he interacted with Mia was also really lovely and respectful. And the way he spoke about his sexuality was also really mature. And it was lovely to hear somebody who was comfortable in their own skin. Next, I want to say... Hooray for Neil! 
Neil is all around fantastic, as we all know. But what I wanted to talk about was his relationship with Shula. Now, I think that male and female relationships are not represented enough in Ambridge. There aren't many of them. And so it's lovely to hear Neil being able to share his feelings uh, with a woman who is a friend. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So hooray for that. And lastly, I can't talk about the men of Ambridge without saying a big hooray for Jim. We all know that Jim is amazing. And I thought the way that he interacted with Alice in the shop was respectful. And also he kept really calm in what was a extremely difficult situation. So hooray for Jim. And I think the reason that I've wanted to talk about the men of Ambridge is because I have a four-week-old son and I think it's feeling particularly poignant to think about the ways that masculinity is portrayed and I think Ambridge is doing a really fantastic job of showing how men can be diverse and um, show their masculinity in different ways. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Oh, Laura, that was wonderful. Great to have you back as a caller in Yes, yeah, sorry your your call got missed off last week. So your son probably now is five weeks old. What's his name? You you have to call back and, and tell us many congratulations on that. Yeah, I, I agree. We've had um we've had some lovely scenes with, with men recently. Uh, of course we've still got Justin, Brian, David uh, sort of chuntering on, but I suppose we need the contrast. Um, and I found Ed and Jennifer's chat very interesting that she hadn't thought about how bad the situation could get. That, you know, when Ed said that he could have died, that really seemed to to affect her. Of course it would as a mother, but you, that she hadn't considered that before. Um, and when she said you, you can honestly get crack co- cocaine in Ambridge, it, it just shows her sort of innocence in in dealing with these sort of things and the fact that Oliver had given him a job and, and really been there for him um, just just made me think again about all that Oliver had had, had done for Ed and it was nice to have that. I, again, I sort of commend Kerry Davis so much on, on the week because it, it was really helpful in, in just showing the back picture as well as what's going on at the moment. And Jennifer just... She just can't see where this has come from. She can't get it. She can't understand it. Um, and yes, we applaud the men. Uh, to, talking about the men, the the chap who plays Chris, Will Scolding. Are you, are you aware? Uh, do you watch Games of Thrones at all, Royfield? Uh, I did. Well, uh, Chris, the actor who plays Chris, played the part of Jon Snow's father. Yeah, uh, Laura, thank you uh, for for that wonderful call. And you know what? Us men, we take a kick in and in large part, we deserve it. You know, we do live in a patriarchal society, though I think things are changing and and uh, not before time. Uh, but it but it is right and good and proper to call out, to give a shout out to the men uh, in Ambridge that don't display toxic max- masculinity. And Oliver Sterling would be one of those. And and we mm. and we've seen the power and the strength of mentorship that um, Ed couldn't, uh, you know, when Ed needed to get himself straight, he couldn't go to his father, but he went to somebody else, Oliver. Oliver kept an eye on him. Oliver has really helped to nurture him. Oliver saw in Ed 
that uh, his real strength and and his ultimate goodness through all of this um, wayward youth and drug taking and and, um, him going off on the rails. And I think that us men, we do have a powerful role to play in society and mentorship is most definitely one of them. And, um, And I think so your call is timely. And it wasn't that his family weren't interested. They were trying to help. But sometimes those that you're closest to can't be the ones to sort of hold you to account. Sometimes Absolutely. that takes somebody else. And Absolutely. thank goodness Oliver was there. Mm. Absolutely. Call in again, Laura. But next time, um, don't leave it so late. We record uh, about, what, five o'clock on uh, on a Monday, uh, five, five o'clock UK time. So best try and get your call in on a Sunday. Then you just make sure that you get in because uh, that's a wonderful call. From Laura, we go to Washington, D.C., and it's Allie. Hi, all. It is Allie from the swamp that is Washington, D.C. I had to bring that back for the summer um, because it is swampy. And I just want to know who is going to make the Team Fallon, Team Peggy, and Team Emma t-shirts. I thought (laughs) that the... Very belated um, for those of us that that uh, rely on on replay in podcast apps um, was just excellent. What she had to say with Chris, I thought she was just wonderful this week. I thought she could have been a little bit more direct um, with Brian, but I think maybe that's true to her character in a way that I thought was very strong of the stroke writers and um, how she's being acted. Peggy, I think a lot of people are going to have big, big opinions on her. And I think I will let those of you who have his, have listened longer than I have um, take a stab at her. Um, but I think because she's a peach, um, <laughs> but I think she's also a product of her generation. And she doesn't necessarily know how we deal with alcoholism as a society and clinically is different now than what it was when she was dealing with her, her husband's alcoholism. Anyways, that's all for me. Oh, Ali, brilliant as as always. Thank you for your call. Yes, we need we need more T-shirts. Team Peggy, Team Fallon, Team Emma. I still want a T-shirt saying fix your own shells because I still think that's just a great statement, Claire. Uh, and I love I love this word that Ali uses to describe Peggy. Um, she's a peach. <laughs> she certainly is. What I was interested in, though, this week is that Peggy said I've wasted years, decades of my life. Anyway, there we go. So, yes, should be decades but I just thought that Fallon had the patience of a saint with Brian and when he actually finally said sorry I think Fallon and I couldn't believe it I was just flummoxed and Fallon sounded flummoxed as as well um I thought she she really handled Chris well um the fact that she went around and talked to him and she talked to him face to face and just explained why she didn't feel that she could go out with him and they just had a very open conversation there wasn't any door slamming or retribution it, it was just a, a, a beautiful scene so Roy Phil what, what were your thoughts on Fallon uh the wondrous Fallon <laughs> go the on beautiful Fallon um <laughs> I re I tell you what I really enjoyed last week was 
the the fact that it was very human the fact that fallon couldn't didn't feel that it was appropriate for her to go out with chris that Mm. conversation was very human very real and away from the soapy tropey melodrama she was she was thinking um from very much an an emotional place which made sense You, you got it it's like when couples break up isn't it and your fr- the friends around them almost feel like they need to me- take sides mm, uh, and uh, yeah. not you know it's not necessarily that they're going to take sides in terms of you know she shouldn't have left or he shouldn't have left but in terms of just the social etiquette you know all of a sudden it, it's fraught and and you saw a similar thing play out there with with uh, uh, with um Fallon trying to work out is it appropriate for her to to hang out with party X over party B, considering that they have seemingly separated. I know nothing's actually formal. It's not a formal separate separation, but social. Yeah, so we have these social man, landmines that we all need to negotiate when mm. when a couple separates. So that to me was just a very human part of, of this week, uh, really. And I must admit, I thought. Fallon going with Alice to a pub and watching Alice drink. That to me was probably the most shocking thing uh, of the whole week. And it's not to say necessarily that I wouldn't have necessarily done that, but in the context of Mm. this show, this drama, this storyline, her unease was palpable, utterly palpable. Mm. It's a difficult one because you want her just to stay at home and drink cups of tea and all be fine. But the truth is, as Fallon said, she was going to go out and get completely bladdered. So at least Fallon was with her, made sure she doesn't didn't pick up anybody else, made sure she was safe, and hopefully helped to reduce the amount of alcohol she consumed. Um, but again, it was the contrasting between the two of them, Alice just wanting to see the fun side of life and talk about the fun memories that she'd got and Fallon being quite different and um, sort of controlled. And and another point is that only a few weeks ago, we were all saying, well, why doesn't Fallon understand what Alice has gone through? She, she's seen her own father have to try and cope with um, his issues with alcohol. Why, why doesn't she ease up a bit and, and not be so judgmental on Alice? Well, Clearly, that that has happened because now she's just really trying to support Alice as much as she can. And, uh, you know, that was a a lovely thing to see. So I think Fallon has really done all that all that she can and how she let Brian just talk at her like that. Unbelievable. At, At least he said sorry in the end. But crikey, it took a while. It did. It did. But there is something else we need to address in Ali's call. Um, would you like me to tell you? Go on. It's a myth that Washington, D.C. was built on a swamp. It's something <laughs> which has pervaded um, American history and the history of uh, the capital. So the capital um, was built during the administration of uh, George Washington and obviously named in his honour. But it was never actually built on a swamp. This is what people say all, all, you know, all the time. It's a myth. It's a modern myth. It was built on uh, a regular riverbank. I, th- I believe the river is the Potomac. And yes, it was never built on a swamp alley. Go Google it, Ali. 
You need to stop perpetuating this falsehood. It's disinformation. It's false news. False news is what it is. Never built on a swamp. Though the politics have you actually gone there? Have you actually carried out a geographical investigation? Have you got your test tubes out and run your analysis? Do you know for a fact that what you say is true? Well, in the summer it gets very humid and there's lots lots of mosquitoes that somehow this myth has, has kind of come about, but it was never built on a swamp. So I'm, I'm just looking at the copious amount of evidence and articles that rebut this online, as opposed to me getting my test tubes out. But I tell you <laughs> what, though, Washington, D.C., some bits of it, what a beautiful city. You know, you're like Capitol Hill, that area around there, uh, that residential area, which is very close to all the government buildings. Holy camoly. It utterly took my breath away. These wonderful Victorian houses, utterly beautiful and ornate and all the little coffee shops in a real sense of neighborhood around there. Then all the fish market and whatever. I had a whole load of fun in Washington, D.C. And it's probably the one city which subverted my expectations, like, uh, you know, what I thought it was going to be and actually what it was, mm. two wildly different things. So big ups to Washington, D.C., but it was never built on a swamp. There you go, Ali. Now it's Sue Hanrahan. Hi, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. This is Sue Hanrahan with Golden Retriever Guide Dog Jesse. I'm calling in as a first caller in for the first time, but I've been with the Archers since the days of Dan and Doris, so that's going back some, isn't it? Right, well... I'm thinking about last week's show, and I've got a theory about Joy. Um, I noticed when she was having the conversation with Lee about the WhatsApp, and every time he asked her if he could join the WhatsApp group, she hesitated. Now, there's two reasons for that. Either she doesn't know how to do it, or there isn't a WhatsApp group at all, because I think that she's so lonely that any type of friendship or relationship she'll grab hold of uh if you notice Rochelle didn't come for Christmas she's never been to the house and I wonder even if Rochelle even exists so I'm wondering if um Joy is just trying to latch on to anything in order to feel as though she belongs because she's so lonely it's just a thought I may be completely wrong But um, I I don't know whether the WhatsApp group exists. If it does, then there may be some repercussions. Um, But possibly it doesn't. So I don't know what you think about that. Anyway, bye, everybody. Well, welcome. A fab call. Fab pedigree as well. Dan and Doris, my goodness. Your theory's really got me thinking. I mean, is Joy clueless? No, I don't think she is. Could it be that there actually isn't a group? And, and you're right, we haven't heard any more about Rochelle. And is that all actually made up? It's strange that a character that's called Joy actually has so many you know, issues in her life with her family and, and her loneliness. I just wondered, you, you really have got me thinking. I wonder if, and this hasn't occurred to me before, but actually, was Joy involved in the commentary on the WhatsApp group? Has she perhaps said more than she should have, um, not realising that if Helen or Lee go on, they won't be able to see the past comments? But maybe Joy's been giving a bit more information. Oh, yes, I know the family, or I was there at Christmas and you won't believe what happened. You know, you you just don't know. She certainly didn't want them 
to uh, to join that WhatsApp group. So we would like to hear more, wouldn't we, about w- what's going on? And and we want to hear more from Sue. Please do call in again. Royfield, what's your theory on the WhatsApp group? Well, it makes sense that there'll be a WhatsApp group because all these neighbourhoods kind of do. And, and, and next door, they have next door as well, don't they? Which is, you know... Oh, they do, yes. Quite My a, goodness. Quite a dreadful thing, <laughs> you know. Yes. Uh, all the stories of uh, next door in, um, let's say, the East Bay are, are legion, and invariably it's a case of there was a black person walking down the street today. Does anybody know who that was? You know, so uh, next door <gasps> on on the face of it can be uh, totally beneficial, and yes, you can go and find a cat sitter and, and a dog sitter, etc. But um, in terms of um, Social divisions, um, next door forward slash WhatsApp groups can be quite, quite ugly. Uh, But are we saying, though, that Joy has Munchausen syndrome, that she's just making stuff up uh, vis-a-vis Rochelle? It would be interesting if she did have Munchausen syndrome. But I think Rochelle is just going to be the keyhole for deep, loneliness and tragedy that that joy has suffered that that's what that's what i get from it though maybe she's just uh, making stuff up well joy has has said things about rochelle that that then turned out not to be true just because she was trying to fit in and um show that she had sort of a, a busy life um but yeah i i think possibly actually she she is on the WhatsApp group and she said a little bit too much, but I'm fascinated by what you say about next door. I just thought next door was a UK thing. No, um, but... no, no. It, 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 it's, it's over here in the Gosh. States as well. And yeah, the racial profiling that goes on it, it is terrible. People are, you know, the people on it, not all of them, but are real twi- curtain twitchers, you know, mm. and they're just the stories are legion of, people who look different they're trying to put it this most charitable but it does really does break down into race you know there is a black person walking down the road at the moment does anybody know who he is where is he going yeah that stuff is all over uh next door so much so next door are aware of this and have actually um a couple of years ago there's a, a pr offensive about saying that you know we should be open and diverse and, you know, security doesn't mean that just because somebody's another skin colour that they are some kind of security risk, et cetera, et cetera. I remember the the, the CEO, who I believe is a woman, was, was talking about this a couple of years ago because it's one of the charges thrown at, thrown at next door. You know, it brings out some of our worst mm. impulses, some of our mm. best in terms of community, but then some of our worst in terms of, well, we are a community. Uh, you look and feel like an outsider. So you are a threat, you know, so. Mm. That's extraordinary, but, but, though. But I just thought, I just thought the reason why she didn't want to um, alert them of the um, of the WhatsApp group is because they would be talking about the fact that this woman is moving in, um, Helen, into the neighbourhood. And uh, she was up for a, an attempted murder charge a few years ago. Y- yes, I do. C- clearly, but... It, it... Mm. So, Sue Hanrahan, uh, thank you uh, for your caller in. Uh, uh, that was uh, most excellent. Now we are going to go on to Isabel. Hi. Basically, I'm feeling a bit apologetic, I suppose you could say, after my last call. You're all right. I went too far last time. 
with Alice. I do feel that I judge Alice too harshly, you know, when I never really think about the emotional side. Rosie, you're right. And I was just too... I think you'll see more of this voice from now on, my more quiet calling voice. Quentin, this one's for you. I think Mia's heartbreak over, you know, over Rory, I think Mia and Will's conversation was very moving. You know, it was good hearing about Will's first heartbreak as well. I've always heard that the first one's the hardest. Back to this week. Alice. I'm glad that um, Alice man decided to sign the rehab form for Brian for them to act on Alice's behalf. Chris. I'm glad that he got to act, like have a bit of fun. I mean, like with his friends, even though the meal was a, a reminder of Alice. I'm glad that they decided to go home and go to Harrison's and watch some rubbish TV. You know, just like it's what friends do. They support each other. Jennifer and Peggy. I'm a bit annoyed with Peggy for not telling Jennifer about her knowing. I am annoyed about that. Maybe Peggy had her reasons. That's all I've got to say, really. Thank you, Isabel. My goodness, very calm and reason, fantastic. Wonderful call. It's a difficult one when Chris, it was his first outing after everything that's happened with Alice. And yeah, if it was me, I would just want to sit down in my friend's house, have a cup of tea, have a good chat, just talk it all through and not have to sort of dress up and go out and put on a on a performance. But then I didn't know if he'd, he'd done that already. Clearly not by the sound of it. Um so it was a, a nice journey that we experienced with Chris of him trying to put a brave face on it and, and eat out and it not going to plan. And Emma in the longest council meeting I've ever known. So she didn't even turn up till till they'd gone. Uh, and yeah, just to, to go home, have some chips and have a laugh and watch some crap TV. Sounds, sounds perfect to me. Uh, and then we had Peggy not telling Jennifer. Now, I don't want to excuse Peggy. I'm not trying to say I am team Peggy at all. What point do you say something when you hope somebody already knows it? And it's very difficult to actually be the one that that steps in and says this is a real problem. But yeah, she she should have she should have told Jennifer. But we need all another right. call, a call from somebody we can depend on uh, every week. That's going are to you, give us. Are you shutting me up and telling me to move on to Glyn Fuller, love? As our last caller in her. Um, I could lie, but uh, no, I am exactly trying to do that. Yes. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glenn here. Friday evening and on location at the Darleydale Fish Bar, proving that it's not just Quentin Rayner or indeed Chris Carter that likes a fish and chip supper. So quickly turning to the archers. Um, so at the end of this week... We had Alice agreeing to go to rehab, or at least let Brian and Jenny explore the possibility. Uh, A turning point or just a staging post? I suspect the latter. I think uh, we may find she goes away for a while, it's stable for a while, but I, I, I suspect there's probably a drop or two to go before she finally reaches rock bottom and then works her way back up. Um, It's also interesting to hear Chris uh, have uh, both Peggy and Fallon um, talk to him 
um, from their own experience. And so they're very much seeing the, uh, the story. They're very much seeing his situation from their own experience. And I suspect many, uh, listeners and, uh, Dumpty Dummers are, um, seeing the story in the same way. So we, we interpret it. We look for answers from, um, you know, what we know of this, of, of similar situations. And uh, not only in this uh, story, but, but in others. So I think that's probably all from me for this week. So stay safe, everyone in Dumpty Dum land. Um, hope you enjoy whatever you're eating this Friday evening and speak to you all soon and thank you to all for the podcast. Lynn, that was brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, I'm not going to be eating anything for a very long time because I'm not feeling very well at the moment. But anyway, I am soldiering on. Um, I hope you have enjoyed your fish and chip supper. It sounds wonderful. And yes, the the differences between Peggy and Fallon and, and their experiences and just to hear that over the week. Uh, it just shows how our life experiences do affect our views. Let's just get on to the subject of Alice and going to rehab. First of all, uh, did anyone else pick up on this when they said, well, are you going to go to rehab? And Alice said, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, because it's nearly 10 years since Amy Winehouse died. Um and then it was just this total turnaround. You know, one minute Alice is stomping off, slamming doors and refusing to talk. And then the next minute, contrite, she's down and, and willing to sign this agreement. Now, possibly the fact that uh, Jennifer, her mother, mentioned that, you know, Jennifer was really at, at the at the end of being able to cope with this and that she was worried that Alice was actually going to die. Maybe that was enough to just wake her up and see what the impact of her actions is on others and what might happen. I'm not convinced. It just seemed too quick a change. But if she's signing a form, giving, handing over the authority to Brian and Jennifer, then we could see more issues with that when um, they're sort of fighting against each other. I don't know. When Alice came down, she said, um, I've, I've even got my own pen. So I'm wondering, is it invisible ink? You know, did she sign it? And then a few days later, it's it's going to be invisible and they and they can't see? I don't know. I'm just not convinced. Royfield, what do you think? Yes, it does feel a little bit neat, doesn't it? But whenever we think that Alex has plumbed the depths and there's no further for her to go in terms of plumbing even further depths, um, she manages to pull the rabbit out of the hat prove us yeah. wrong. So, yes, mm. there is most definitely going to be, you know, uh, some point of dissension where she's supposed to go and doesn't go. And But I tell you what, though, the, the one thing, though, I've always said that Chris and Alice will not break up. And if I'm reading mm. in between the lines here, um, that is definitely still i'm I'm still holding fast to that that what we're going to take from this storyline is that things can be really bad addiction is terrible a father has had to do let's say a parent as opposed to a father a parent has had to separate their child from the, from the other parent for the child's uh safekeeping and well-being Things can be really bad. The whole village can be witness to this. It can split uh, families. You know, the Carters and the Aldridge's are not best of pals at the moment. But mm. I'm not going to say love can conquer all because that's going to sound incredibly trite. But 
the affection, the bond that Chris and Alice have for each other is still going to shine through somehow. Chris said he was thinking about Alice all the time when he was out. Alice just doesn't think she's worthy of Chris, but mm. is, but does love him. They're actually going to going to get back. They are going to repair this situation to the best of their abilities. And and I'm just kind of reading the runes on that. I don't think that I'm wrong. I've always said that I don't think they're actually going to split up over this, you know, permanently. Well, I I think when we heard the conversation between Ed and Jennifer as well, we were reminded about the ups and downs of Ed and Emma Mm. and how much they've been through. And so if they can uh, sort of come through that, then who knows what will happen with Alice and Chris, but I, I fear it's going to be, as we said before, a long, drawn-out, painful process. And I'm just so worried about Alice and uh, is she going to get the help? And and this thought as well that Jennifer and Brian seem to have is that get her to rehab and then all the problems are over. It's, it's a done deal. She'll be better. It's not like that. It, this is going to be something that she carries for her for her whole life so oh dear there's going to be more grimacing as we listen i think so there you go there you called her in a res. i think you've had a, a right royal feast of opinions when it comes to uh, the goings on in ambridge last week from the good dum-de-dummers from planet earth now it's mm. our stephen bowden with a social media roundup when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Stephen with your social media roundup. Fallon and Harrison began the week with some wild swimming in the Perch, a river that most of us had never even heard of before. Emma said that she preferred a nice warm pool. So what did Dumpty Dummers think? In a poll, 58 of you said that you were on Team Harrison, having a bracing time in the icy waters of the Perch, while 32 of you were on Team Emma, relaxing by the pool. Jan Mitchell said... River, lake or ocean, ideally skinny dipping. There's no more beautiful sensation than that. Sue Griffin said, 
Having grown up by the sea of West Cornwall and learned to swim in an open-air saltwater pool, I was into my twenties before I discovered that there was such a thing as warm water swimming. On the other hand, Sandra Jenkinson said, I may have been born near the sea, but I'm not a swimmer. Give me a hot tub any day. Turning to Alice's storyline, Brian was in the thoughts of Dumpty Dummers. Charlotte Yarka asked for some assistance. Help me out, she asked. What am I missing? What are his redeeming features? I need to see him in a more positive light to stop me yelling at the radio on an almost nightly basis. And Joanne Smith asked, how is Brian this stupid? Has he never so much as seen a film or TV show with a character who can't stop drinking, let alone known a person with this illness in real life? Sean Martin is not a Brian fan, so he feels especially equipped to answer. To be fair, Brian can be charming and funny and kind and utterly reasonable, and he's a good match for Jenny. But there's not much empathy, and the moral compass is a little broken. And Richard Lucas said, I don't like Brian, but I enjoy listening to him. It's a bit like enjoying Basil Fawlty in a different way. Brian says the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong way most of the time, but he's not too stuck up to apologise. Carolyn Wright said, he's very witty and quite charming. He loves his family. He's loyal, notwithstanding his affairs. He tries his best for his family. Dee Goggin had a much simpler answer. Sexy voice. After their conversation about Alice, Jennifer and Peggy also came in for some discussion. Thinking of the two of them, Sue Lee noted that it's impressive just how sanctimonious certain characters can be. But Sharon Weldon said, well said, Peggy. Raffi Jay agreed. I'm with Peggy the whole way here. I had an alcoholic parent and got the hell away as soon as I could, day after the last O-level, and never went back. I think she gave Chris good advice. Others were concerned about the fact that Peggy hadn't said something to Jennifer sooner. Audrey Ann suggested that Peggy could have started asking Jennifer some questions at the beginning of the year regarding Alice to provoke some thought or plant the seed. Not sure that it would have helped, she concluded. Guy Ladbrook said, more importantly, she should have talked with Alice sooner. Pat Ralph Hanovan responded that she thought Peggy spoke to the right person, Chris. I'm sure she knew that Alice would deny it. And even now, Jennifer is quick to cast the blame on Peggy instead of looking at her own behaviour or trying to do what's best for Alice and Martha. But what about Alice herself? Quite a few Dumpty Dummers spotted that when Brian and Jennifer tried to make her go to rehab, she said no, no, no. A nice little Amy Winehouse reference from the scriptwriter Kerry Davies. There was also quite a lot of discussion over the document that she then signed. Amy Sturley thought, she's not planning actually to go to rehab. Either she'll run away before it's time to leave, or she'll run away once she's there. Laurie Jones added that she's still nowhere near her bottom. Rehab will fail and Brian will be out all that money, which is what Fallon tried to tell him. So we knew that this week was mostly going to be about Alice and her problems. But what other events did Dumpty Dummers want to see happen to lighten the gloom? Hannah Keir wanted Emma and Ed to win the lottery and to buy home farm. Joe Edwards was thinking along darker lines. She wants her to be an unfortunate accident. All high on peppermint tea, Russ falls into Rex's piggy enclosure and is consumed, belt, braces and ego, by the acorn-munching swine, leaving nothing but the handle of a multi-temperature kettle in. In a nice touch, Susan makes snout-shaped biscuits for the wake. So that was just some of what was discussed on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page last week. Please head over there and add your own thoughts or start a poll, like Anne Charles did, asking what Dumpty Dummers knew about Alcoholics Anonymous and Al-Anon. And now I'll hand you back to your hosts.
Mr. B, welcome on board, sir. You are a little star. Well done. Mm. Brilliant. Um, Philippa, are we going to do our thing now where you try and trip me up with guessing um, headlines <laughs> and, and then I basically knock the ball out of the park by guessing the ball <laughs> because I know how the UK media works. I can sniff out a Daily Mail headline like there's no tomorrow. Is that what we're going to do now? It is what we're going to do, but there's no Daily Mail headline this time. Uh So let's see. Uh Okay. So Uh your three media sources are The Telegraph, the Irish News and The Guardian. Okay. Right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Irish Irish News is um, a bit of a wild card for me. I don't know if it's highbrow lowbrow left or right so that's that's a good one to throw in because i i don't know so i need to go on the guardian and the telegraph got my sensibilities for those two newspapers let's go the archers a grim month saved by joy's knickers can we get psychological help from the archers coronavirus will change the archers forever right read those back to me again slowly did you hear your... Oh, God, my watch is talking to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it was going on while I was reading them. All right. Um, Shall well, I read I them again? Well, no, no I, can, I can just fade, fade. Yeah, OK, go on, do it again. Right, okay. go. The Archers, a grim month saved by Joy's knickers. Can we get psychological that's not, help? That's not The Guardian. So I'm going to go, that's The Irish Times, because I don't know that one. All right, yeah, go on, next two. Can we get psychological help from the archers? And finally, coronavirus will change the archers forever. This is a tricky one. All right, I'm going the last one's The Guardian. Now, the first two could be either way. So the first two is either The Irish Times or or The Telegraph, or it's The Telegraph and The Irish Times. The last one's The Guardian. So you're so you're saying which? Come on now, nail your what's okay. it? Your what's it? Laid. Uh, okay, the last one is the Guardian. Okay, and then the first one. No, no, is that correct? The last one's the Guardian. I'm not, no, no, no. Remember, you have to guess all three first. Now this is the new way we're doing it. Okay, let's read. Let's re- such okay. a pro. Let's read the first two again, but slowly. The archers. <laughs> <laughs> Faster than that. Well, the it's, archers. A, it's like a scene out of the Matrix. <laughs> Things are slows down. <laughs> oh dear. The Archers, a mm-hmm. grim month saved by Joy's knickers. And then the other one, can we get psychological help from the Archers? I'm going to go with my first answer. Irish Times or whatever the heck it was, because I don't know that newspaper, yeah. Telegraph Guardian. Wrong, 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 wrong. All three totally wrong. Yes. Joy's Knickers was the Guardian. Psychological Help was Irish Times. And uh, Coronavirus Will Change the Archers Forever was the Telegraph. But to be be fair to me, I did actually say the second one could be the Irish Times. But I just plumped for it. I I went the other way. No, I'm sorry. You're you're trying to cover it now. You're trying to haul it back. I got it all wrong. I got it all wrong. I got it all wrong. Irish News. But, you know, but you introducing the Irish News was the cat amongst the pigeons because I don't know it. So I have no sensibility as to how to write the headlines. And I said that up front. So in future, 
in future, you need to run the publications by me first and say, oh. have you heard? Do you know of this publication? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. You, you've lost. It's the first time you've got it completely wrong. And I'm going to go and skip around the house. Well, after I, that, so. well you know what, though? I think it says a lot about me that this is the first time I've got it completely wrong after how many months? Uh, folks, dumdum.com. You should go there because we've got stuff on dumdum.com. Uh, you can comment on um, Cosmo's comments about the show. That's how meta things can get on dumdum.com. And of course, if you want to uh, send us in an email, because there were none this week, so Philippa got out of doing her rap, uh, you can go onto dumdum.com and then click contact us. Now, supporting us on Patreon is incredibly important. We have ideas, we have plans of how to give those people that contribute $2 to the show even more value than just listening to this podcast, just even being special pals of Quentin, Rosie, and the wonderful Philippa. We are thinking about it. We have some ideas. And actually, we're trying to cook up a new Zoom and whatever. So if you'd like to support us by giving us $2 per show, um, you know, you are the right sort and uh, we're going to endow manna from heaven upon you. So there you go. Philippa, how can people get in touch with us? Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on dumptydum.com, the website, or leave a WhatsApp voice note or text message to 07957 167 696, which is plus 44 7957 167 696. If you are outside the UK, please keep the voice note to less than two minutes. Thanks to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his brilliant podcast roundups, uh, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Lucy V. Freeman. Uh, you can find the team at Dumdy Dum on Twitter. I can be found at Royfield, but there's no point following me. Uh, Philippa, how can people find you on Twitter? Oh, you can find me at QuickBook Reviews, where you'll see some videos of me now. I've started doing short 40-second videos, so if you really... <laughs> and remember, when tweeting about the Archers, please use the capitalised hashtag of hashtag the Archers, capital T, capital A, as this helps visually impaired people who use screen readers. Without the capitals, it reads as a string of gobbledygook. Yes, it does. And uh, don't forget also, if you don't do Twitter, you can do Facebook where you can catch up with uh, Dumpty Dummers on that social media platform by simply typing in Dumpty Dum on Facebook. There you go, folks. I think that's been your lot. That's been, um, well, it's almost your lot. That's been a rip-roaring, barnstorming, full-to-the-gills episode of Dumpty Dum. We've had caller winners galore from all four corners of planet Earth. And you've had mm. Philippa. All right, now, Philippa, I believe it's that part of the show where I play behind you a bit of music from Soap, the late 70s American situation comedy, which was farcical, which, which brought us Billy Crystal. That was where he got his big break. It was on Soap. So I'm going to uh, play that underneath you as you give us your predictions for the next week. Will Jennifer throw a brick through Peggy's window? Will Fallon and Harrison continue to compare their post-swim hairstyles? Will Chris ever be able to look a nacho in the face again? And will Brian continue <laughs> his theme of saying sorry? If so, he'll have a very busy week. All will be revealed. You know, that's exactly how soap ended. 
as if by magic. And hopefully I'll feel better next week as well. Sorry about this week. I do Uh, apologise. People, I'm just letting you know that uh, Philippa had to have a a couple of, uh, a break or two and do some heavy breathing. Uh, which, of course, did not make the edit, but it made for much hilarity on my side of the mic. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Tatty bye. ta a bit. Take care, mm. everyone. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.